Tim Shell, motherfuckers. That's about as creative as I can get. Accurate. Hit the theme music. Thou mayest start the show. Okay, now we're going to hit the theme music. Hit the theme music. Okay. Welcome to Exfoliating, the podcast Actually, all the, about dudes' facial care. The, the theme music was still rolling. How dare you? That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch your timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's drunk. <laughs> anyway, so, so that's the excellent way how we begin the show. Welcome, listener readers, to mm-hmm. another exciting episode of Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast brought to you by Top Gallant Radio. It's a literature show about books. It's a literature show about friendship. It's a literature show about pollution. It's a literature show about gadurbader. Yeah. Uh, how, did I, pollution. how did I blow out this thing? Yeah, no, I was going to get on. For some reason, the first word that came from, uh, that hit me from Captain Planet was pollution. I mean that's that's not a that's not a leap. It's not. Um but yeah, uh, I think of heart. Yeah, that's true. Do you, remember, do you remember there's an entire episode of Captain Planet about how uh the heart kid hated being heart? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good one too. I always thought it'd be a good idea to make a, a custom Mai Tai and you make it you make it with quote unquote heart, you find some way to work that in like artichoke hearts or something, and you call it a Mati. Or a persimmon. Persimmons look like hearts. I guess so. I like persimmons. Yeah. Daniel, have you ever Daniel Gonzalez co-hosted the show? Well, have you ever ourselves. tried this ama- this delicious liqueur flavored by persimmons called Orgy? No. It it's the most delicious liquor I've ever tasted with the worst name. <laughs> oh, it actually it, it's it, called it, Orgy. I'm surprised that it is good, yeah. to be honest with you. It's so tasty. Uh speaking of which, I am your usual co-host, Daniel Gonzalez. Hey, I know that guy. Uh, a writer, producer, auto, wait, no, audio producer. Automatic for the people. Writer, editor, and an author. And an automaton. And who are you, young boy? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian. I'm a writer. I'm an audio producer. And I'm your good buddy from the neighborhood. Oh, and unlike last week, we That we're... one who teaches you all about Led Zeppelin and weed. Yeah, I but... don't care about either of those. <laughs> You're things. a huge fan of Zeppelin and weed. I am a I am a vocal opponent, not opponent, just non fan of those things. <laughs> Gabriel, you're hard on uh, Mike Pence's side about like the dangers. Actually, no, it's not him. Who is it? It's the other guy, the turtle guy, Jimmy Page. No, the turtle guy, uh, Lenny Turtlebomb. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, and also unlike last week, we're on the other side of being sick. Yeah, so we're for the most part, I guess. We're not going to be as disoriented, and I promise I will not be slightly off mic throughout all the episodes. Let's hope so. Yeah. So, as this is a real literature show, we are conti- we're right back on the fucking saddle after mm. our two-year anniversary. We are back to the Strand 80 series of our show, where Daniel and I are covering every single book on the Strand 80 book list of fan favorites. The Strand Strand is one of the best bookstores in the world, located in New York City. Check them out at the Strand Bookstore on Instagram and or just online. Look up the Strand 80. The best and the biggest bookstore in the world. Totes. Although they're not great at compiling top 80 lists. They're really good at hiring brunettes of glasses who don't look at me. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, um, speaking of which, uh, we have some things to talk about first before we hit the before we hit book we talk. Do? However, if you oh, wanna, if you want to do that, if we want to, if you want to go ahead and jump down to the book talk real quick, uh, look down below. There's a time code for when we actually start talking about books. Check out the show notes. Uh, just because we have a few things to talk about very quickly, including Gabriel's thing. You have one thing, and I have one thing. So, uh huh. Gabriel, 
What is your one thing? We're talking about our genitals. Our one (laughs) thing is, so Daniel and friends of me personally will know that I always have a million different podcast ideas, none of which have any real follow through. But one that I really wanted to get off the ground was with our good friend Steve McConnell. Because Steve um, hates his skin. His skin's fine. just has the biggest raccoon eyes I've ever seen of Mm. someone who actually gets seven hours of sleep a night. So um, I've always been interested in improving my skin, looking at skincare products. But it's such an impenetrable world. Going to Sephora, it's also expensive. It's also crazy. And asking any rando girl that you know, what's good skin products? They're like, oh my god, let's go to Sephora and talk about it. And they never give you any info. So Mm -hmm. I thought I'd like dip my toe into figuring out how to improve my skin. Improving my skincare game, and it leads me to a segment called Exbroliating. X X X Broliating. Oh, Miss Honey. So, um, Daniel. What the fuck was that? I just poured it, and it took forever to. I know. I watched it happen. It was weird. Sorry, Daniel. You and I are wearing face masks while we record. Surprise, motherfuckers! Visual thing in an audio medium dotes yeah daniel we are currently wearing from a wonderful product recommended to me at sephora by a lady there um it's called and really you're gonna the, the name of this product is terrible they have to know it's terrible the company's called drunk elephant fine oh it's not that bad but the actual product we're using proper is called the baby facial Damn. we are wearing baby facials right now speaking of which complete side note and i'm sorry if this is crude but there is a very quick joke in i think hot fuzz uh one of two uh semen jokes that are made in that movie the baby batter bomb and yeah apparently someone yeah someone makes a reference to like baby batter bombs and like in one of like the special features where like you can look at it, you can watch the movie with like notes that explain like what the fuck all this yeah. stuff is that apparently the old that is that is like a rare uh like yeah crude name they they call semen yeah (laughs) Yeah. a baby batter so that's what i think about when i think about this yeah i remember even being like baby facial okay that's fine you're like baby facial i'm like yeah and i'm like ugh. and it it was not very cheap however daniel Uh it's currently on your face your first time trying it um do you feel that burn yeah well no i felt it when i put it on It, it feels kind of alcohol like rubbing alcoholish like mm-hmm. if you have like dry skin like i do sometimes and uh you touch like rubbing alcohol or anything like that in your face and it just has that burn to it yeah. that's what it felt like yeah maybe maybe it's perfectly it's completely psychosomatic but i do find monday day after i do my baby facial i my skin has a good glow to it my my girlfriend back in the east coast really loved the way my skin looked afterwards mm-hmm. and daniel i feel like there's a real weird stigma about dudes who really want to care about their skin mm. you're either patrick bateman or you're gay that's true yeah it's like uh yeah you know it, there is um yeah and we're here to <laughs> remove that stigma so ladies and gentlemen if you have much like um the podcast starring esther Favit- esther pavitsky called glowing up if you have questions about male face care and skin care talk to us if you have products you want to recommend i only want to try them all we've been experimenting with face masks and so one of them went very badly for me i broke out like crazy mm-hmm. that was the honey and salt one i broke out like fucking crazy well, yeah okay let's go into that a little bit so uh like something you looked it up online and some crazy motherfucker said the best thing you do is put uh raw cane sugar, right? Was that what it was? No, it Clover? was sea salt and it was supposed to be raw honey. We used not raw honey. 
Okay, like, would that have made the fucking difference? Maybe. You know, it's like there's between processed sugar and regular sugar. If you're putting it on your skin, it's like, you know, putting, like... It's still, like, a Coconut thick... oil versus putting corn oil. I, I guess so, but... Yeah, so, like, that, which was also a weird, gross experience, because if you can imagine taking... It hurt. ...chunky, thick globs of, Tasted of honey... Okay. And then mixing it with salt, smearing it all over your face, and then for like what, like thirty minutes, whatever. Yeah, it was, we were two dudes watching like The Wire, of like honey and salt covered on our dripping faces, dripping off dripping our faces, dripping on our faces. Like you would, like I would. I'm always leaning forward when I'm watching The Wire, so like I could just hear like because like the globules yeah, of, and the like, weird the, slurping the, the, the sound honey. of me licking it off my own face, Ugh, like pizza, like it? pizza the hut. Yep. Oh, you're gross. Yeah. It tasted fine. It was it's it tastes like weird. honey with salt. Yeah. Which so is not good. I think it's gonna be a fun new thing that honestly I thought it would be a good video show. Um, but maybe we'll feel it out. Um it might be a fun thing. It's not literature related even slightly, but if you're here just to hang out with us, um every week or so I'm gonna try a different kind of face mask and we'll see how our skin looks. Yeah, we'll catch us up in the future when we do more face masks. Now, Gabriel, yeah. we gotta move fast. We got another goddamn segment to do. And very we have to quick wash there. off the baby facial. We gotta do that too. Goddamn, it's gross every time. It's so bad. Um, Gabriel, uh, we used to do a we we many moons ago. We still do. We yeah, I know. Only when a, something only like happens. A moon ago happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we do this segment, and it's called uh, Dan and Nuts and Gables. Dan 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 Oh, telling stories about Daniel's life. And then Gabe listens and he hears all about it. He makes fun of Dan, 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 Dan. Guitar riff. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it anecdotes and Gables, it, it, they're essentially anecdotes and fables yeah. that uh, involve us. They're... Fables of Reconstruction. Yeah, various various different Bill things. Bill Willingham. Uh, a fable written by Bill Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but yeah, no. Uh, so I have a very quick anecdotes and gables that happened to me. Yeah. Um, so Gabriel, uh, like we do, we went to a uh, 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 what do you call it? Like a green a greenhouse. Yeah, uh, we, we uh, go shop. to we go to the <laughs> the um, green <laughs> shops. Um, they go to um uh, nurseries, Nur- garden yeah. shops. But before you dive into though. it, yeah. let me let me quickly say. Before Daniel told me the story early, um, I was I was spread out in the beautiful sunshine in bed, drinking wine, reading a book, and then Daniel's like pops his head into my room, and you're like, "Hey, man!" And I'm like, "Yes." And you gave me a look that said, "I'm reading," but I just barreled right and through he that barreled expression. Right through, told me this, told me this bizarre story, in, in and a very, then yeah, in very, very cavalier way, way too, yeah. and then you just then you just ghosted. Yeah, and I was just left there, like left there, listening to country music, drinking wine, reading a book, remembering that tale, Yelling, like okay. for the rest of your life. So, sure. uh, but and I also I burst in and gave you the very quick version without the context I'm going to give now. Yeah. So like that, that also made it very fun. Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, Gabriel, we went to a greenhouse place. Yeah, with the Armstrong <laughs> Garden Centers. Yes, we're uh, and we bought a bunch of plants. We're kind of green thumbs and pots, mm-hmm. not like 420, but like like ceramics, like ceramics and, and like um, like demi more. Or, and Patrick Swayze. Yeah, like that kind of pots. So, um, and uh, at the register, uh, they were they they were they, they had this really neat special. They were giving away um 
Free Ladybugs. Free Ladybugs. Which is pretty interesting. Uh, Rodney and, Dangerfield would have been all about it. And Gabriel, which is apparently, according to How to Get Made, a terrible movie to revisit. Is it? That we've, <laughs> we've all seen that movie. I've never seen Ladybugs. Really? I saw it in theaters. Wow. <laughs> and everybody, like everyone in How to Get Made, like they also saw it in theaters, but like they don't remember it, you know? Were they baffled? And then like they rewatch it and then just go like, yeah, this movie's a problematic movie. Oh, no. <laughs> it is not a good movie. All anyway, right. So, uh, but anyway, so they're, so they're giving away Ladybugs. Uh, so, and Gabriel, was going first and the lady went oh do you want ladybugs and Gabriel's like I'm like I don't she's like do you have an outside garden I'm like no do you have a regular garden no do you want ladybugs and I'm like I think your phone's blinking huh yeah see that no yeah listen take your things off (laughs) alright hold on I'll be right back Daniel keep telling your story okay so uh, and like, meanwhile, like the moment the lady said, Hey, do you want ladybugs in my head? I went, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so basically I got Gabriel to take ladybugs and then sure enough, like she offered me ladybugs and I was like, yeah, I want all the ladybugs. So, and they're like, I've never seen this before. They're cause like, they also sold like, uh, like little breeder kits of ladybugs where there's like literally like 1,500 ladybugs, and also, like, uh, you can buy, like, two cluster of uh, pa- uh, uh, praying mantis eggs, and uh, which I also wanted, but I was like, I, I don't, I can't do that. Anyway. Funnily enough, that alarm was for water your succulents. Oh, yeah? I watered your succulents. Hey. Well, no, I used to water it at 1030 at night. Yeah, well, either way. But, um, so, uh, so, yeah, so... So meanwhile, I went like, yeah, I'll take all the ladybugs, whatever. That's and cool. I'm like, and they, I don't want any ladybugs. So and, and I was like, like, I'll take your ladybugs. I was like, I want your ladybugs. Can we also get another more ladybugs? Anyway, so like, and I they, didn't want to have a package of lives that I didn't want. But they were, they're. I'm worried about them not getting being given out. Like that's it was it was my it was the thing where I look at this and I'm just like, no, I want them because I wanted to set them free. But anyway, and also they're free. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so like they come in like this little, uh, like this little. I don't know what you call it. Like 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 a netting kind of like pouch net package. And like it's literally, it's only each packet only had 150 ladybugs. But like there's, I like ladybugs. They're squirming around and shit. And like the lady went just like, yeah. See how they're sticking their heads out of the holes, like all in like like the corner. Yeah, they're thirsty. And I'm like, (laughs) I like ladybugs. But to be perfectly fair, part of it was I feel a genuine revulsion about having a bag full of insects on me. Yeah, no, it was. I I don't like bugs. It's the the bag. Here's the thing. Like the bag, and that's also important for the story. The bag of squirming insects looks like if you look at it, you're just like, what is that? And then it's just like, oh, it's just ladybugs. If someone didn't tell you they were ladybugs, you'd be terrified. Yeah. You'd be yeah. like, what is that infested bag of something? Although, again, like, it's not like some, like, like little dinky kind of, like, bag, like, baggy or whatever. It is, like, it is a bag with, like, they look like it's little, like, toys and everything like that. It's about as big as a big bag of, like, gummy worms. With, like, with, like, a cardboard, what do you call it, thing at the top yeah. that says ladybugs, 150 yeah, It's of like them, a thing yeah. of 99 cent candy. It, it was, like, it was, like, legit. It didn't, it didn't look scary. But anyway. But no, but at the same time, but yeah, you see a bag of squirming insects, you're just like, that's fucking And weird. I don't want it. That said, uh-huh. so, uh, and meanwhile, so I had this bright idea where, for the most part, uh, I was going to take all the plants that we had inside, just put them outside for for a day, and basically at the end of the day, like, once it gets dark, you uh, you put out, you, like, you put them ne- next to uh, uh, moist soil. Sure. And let them out, nice and then they, they basically, they drink up the soil, and they, they kind of hang around there, as mm. opposed to just flying away, They right? laid out some tracks, put a real Hooberville going. Oh, man, I hope so. But, meanwhile, but I was like, well, I, this is a lot of ladybugs for just, like, our, the plants that we have which are basically like succulents. We have yeah, like... we only have a few small ones. Yeah, we do. And, in our um... in our Los Angeles apartment, we have a court. We have a small courtyard, which is all pavement. Yeah, and but at the same time, like they just 
fly away. Like, they know how to, they're just going to fucking fly away. But anyway, but the thing is, like, so I was thinking, like, but we only have that much. And, like, I don't really need the two pouches. And, again, like, seeing a bunch of squirming dehydrated bugs Mm -hmm. was, like, really, it was really getting to me. So what I did, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I also said when I was leaving the thing. I was like, I'm just going to let them go out front. Uh-huh. Uh, so basically I used my orchid mist feeder and sure. I sprayed them down and green thumbs and, and I, I took them outside with the scissors and I knew this right off the bat. It was like, yeah, no, I'm going to take them out there. I need to, I need to cut the thing open without cutting any of them. And I need to dump them like right away because like the last thing you want to be seen is dumping out like a bag of actual insects under like the front lawn. That'd yeah, be... You don't want to be that guy. So yeah. imagine like, again, imagine if you don't know what it is, it is a bag of something. Yeah. And then that bag starts moving. Now imagine your neighbor, the new guy, the, one, the weekend you moved in, there was suddenly a case of break-ins down below, <laughs> not, Which not involving us. Yeah. He's standing up front, flapping a bag, and you realize insects are flying out of that bag. Yeah. It, 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 it looks, it looks a weird. Look. Here's the thing. It only looks weird in like that brief half second when you're just like, what is that? Those are bugs. And then yeah. you're, and then the moment is and just like, the, someone's gonna the, see you doing and then it. like, again, the moment you, you see like, oh, for one, they're ladybugs too. They're in a bag that says ladybugs. Like it's clearly like a mm-hmm. greenhouse thing. Right. But anyway, so like, I just go like, well, I need to cut this open and, and like rush these things, but I can't cut them beforehand because like, they're going to like fucking start coming yeah. out the moment the thing's open. They're bugs. So I go outside and I like, I knew what I was going to do cut the thing open, put it outside. Surely enough, a bag, like a little, like, again, like the bag is kind of like, like netty looking, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So like the, the ladybugs don't all immediately just come out. You need to kind of like flap, shake it. them out. Yeah. Not even flap them. Like you need to like, kind of like make the, make the, 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 the packet kind of like fat, like sure, by squeezing the sides and like tapping them to so like, come on, get out. So like, and the thing is, I was thinking like, well, how many people are coming in and out of the apartment, right? I'm out there within the first 30 seconds. Somebody, somebody comes out dressed like they were going skiing. Okay. So like, well, again, let's not be worried about like, what is he doing? No, they don't <laughs> you know? in April in California. So anyway, so he comes out and I'm there hunched kind of like where I was when I was hunched down. I'm kind of like hidden from view at first by the hedges tapping out like a bag of like living insects uh-huh. into the fucking guys. So yeah. You're 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 an X Files villain. Yes. So I look up at him. He looks down at me, and I just go, "Ladybugs." And that's anecdotes and gables. That's how it's done. Dan 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 gables. Anyways. Anyway. Let's wash your faces. Okay. So we're gonna go on break. When we come back, we're gonna do book talk. Yeah. We're on back. We're, we're finally wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Jay Steinbeck's. Jay Steinbeck's. Ease of Eden. Dirty boobies. What? Oh, yeah. He, okay. Jay Stein's and we're also, dirty boobs. We're going to, hey man, you know he has that in him. Mm. I hope so. I don't think I he ever did. So. But uh, let's go. With you know Paisano? that's how grape, Grapes of Wrath ends. The Paisanos and her dirty breasts? No, Grapes of Wrath. Oh. Grapes of Wrath where uh, it's like an old beat up old man who's defeated. He and uh, bot is just like, oh. He gets, uh, he gets nursed by a, a woman who's lactating. So it literally ends with like this old broken man, uh, like, like con- like being fed through a woman's breast. Like Jay Cutler? Who's that? Don't worry about it. Okay. He's a football player. Anyway. What? Who? Don't worry about <laughs> it. Okay. Anyway, so we're going to go on break. We're going to wash our faces off. And we're going to talk about books. We're a book. All right. All right. Bye-bye. I need to stop opening it slow because basically the way the movie It's going to ruin, yeah. It kind of fucks it up, yeah. Like, it's short season. It's short season. And on that note, it's slow readers. It's the Strand 80, baby. Yeah, the Strand 80.
Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Top Four Ayn Rand Books. What? Oh. Ayn Rand Books? Four Ayn Rand Books. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, Gabriel, this is the book talk session where we talk about books. Talk about literature because we're a real literature show, despite the fact we mostly talked about ladybugs and skincare. Yeah, ladybugs, man. Mm-hmm. So, Gabriel. Hey, I said this show's also about friendship. Uh, Gabriel, Aww. better than friendship. So we're talking about The Strand 80. That's true. The Strand 80, which is a book. <laughs> it's just a list of books, uh-huh. <laughs> I meant to say. List. Um, and, uh, and it's got 80 books on it. 81. So, Gabriel, what we do, if for people who haven't listened before, is that we kind of make, we roll an 80-sided die, mm-hmm. and we just land on one of these dumb books, and yep. we read the Dude, dumb What book. are we going to do when it lands on The Lord of the Rings, or The Chronicles of Narnia? Read them. I guess we'll do we'll do five part and three parts for that. We 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 yeah no that's fine we, yeah we can do that. We gotta mm-hmm. read all of Narnia. Yay! Right. I've only read the first two. I do not care for those books. Yeah, they're dumb. Anyway, uh, maybe uh, maybe for Narnia we could just read like the, the first. No, dude, we gotta do it. Ugh, whatever. Hey, anyway. if I have to read four fucking Iron Rand books and all three Lord of the Rings things, you have to do it too, dude. Man. Wait, one of those doesn't Daniel, sound too everyone bad. loves programming that involves acts of masochism. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, I bet if this show is nothing but you and I hitting each other with books for 40 minutes, people will be like, have you heard this podcast? It's two guys hitting each other with books for like 40 minutes. Yeah, you would like that, wouldn't you? I totally would. Wait, they were funny enough. This is a highbrow podcast where we slam mm-hmm. on the counter that we have the listening devices on. Mm-hmm. All right? Dude, would you not listen to a show where it was like Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch fist fighting for 40 minutes every week? Yeah, but they're funny. Well, I think we're funny. Well, not that funny. My mom thinks I'm funny. Well, your mom also... My mom is also a huge Middleditch fan. Yeah, I also didn't want to insult your mom just there. Yeah. I was like, I think I didn't want to go on She that. just turned six... She was born in 53. How old is she? 66? Six. Sixty-six, yeah. Sixty-six. <clears throat> Happy birthday, mama. Also, uh, preemptive. And my brother, preemptive. who fucking cares about him, though. Uh, when was your, I'm sorry, what day was your mama's birthday? The 12th. The 12th. Oh, that's actually, oh, so, oddly enough, your, your, uh, mother's birthday, the 12th, your brother's the, the 13th. the same day as friend of the show, Ethan Parkinson. Oh, yeah. And also... Did you not wish him happy birthday? No, I didn't. Uh, and also, um, I do know that uh, on the 16th is both my mama's birthday. Mm-hmm. And also a friend of the show, Sabrina Russo. Sabrina and Russo Sabrina of My3Seasons.com. Yeah. So if you're listening, Sabrina, happy birthday. Four months from now, she's going to text us and say, thanks for the happy birthday wishes. I only caught up for show just now. <laughs> hey, she's, I think, I'm grateful she listens at all. I no, she, Yeah, she listens. She does. Sometimes she falls off track, but I can't. Honestly, I will spin back behind my fucking podcast too. I only mm. just recently listened to the Flophouse episode of Dark Tower. Mm. Which you, that was fun, just sad. At the How time. did Elliot feel about it? Uh, well, they all didn't like it. It's not a good movie. <laughs> it's we saw it. it yeah, you know, it's not a good if you want to hear about our thoughts on it, um, episode something sixteen or oh, something. You know what? That's actually something very interesting. Um, What's that? You pointed out that is it East there's, of Eden? there's only no, not yet. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> there's only a hundred episodes that are available right now on iTunes and Stitcher. And for lack of better, like, I yeah, know, why it, are our first eight episodes not available all like on iTunes or Stitcher? It's more than that. I think only because only a hundred episodes are available right oh, now. Wild. Um, which I don't really understand, and I'll figure out how to do with that. Other than that, I don't necessarily miss our first episode. I Me mean, our either. audio quality is, our audio quality is terrible. 
So um, I'm kind of happy with that. Anyway, so mm-hmm. no, I'll find out what's going on with that. They didn't. I didn't do that on purpose, listeners, but it's fucking happening. I'll figure it out. Okay. Right, so I feel like I'd be anyway. So uh, on that note, let's talk about East of Eden. Okay. <laughs> so Gabriel, this is let's talk about Lee, baby. This is the second time we're talking about East of Eden. Yeah. Uh, the first time. How far did we get in East of Eden? Um, I did not get as far as I'd hoped. Um, I was still I I was pages away from meeting Lee. Yeah, when which, I stopped, which is like 150, 180 or something like mm-hmm. that pages in out of like a, a 602 page novel. And uh, and it's not just 600 pages long. It's also 220,000 words long. So like they're pretty dense pages. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, I, l- hey, yeah. Daniel, um, I don't know about you, but I definitely now know how to start a Model T. Yeah, yeah, no, I really like that section. Um, it, I, he did. I, I actually did not. We we uh, really? You didn't? <laughs> you know, like I'm. You know, I'm. 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 Ve- I love family drama. Uh huh. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, John, it's how you start a Model T. It's fine. No, the joke was just how complicated it was, and also call kind of Joe. how much Call Me but Joe was kind Roy. of an a- was kind of an asshole, yeah. which. Oddly enough, and we'll get to this in a moment. Uh-huh. Weirdly, that scene was in the movie. Yeah, of all the fucking scenes, um, but instead of Lee, scene, you also, have Joe Roy, the fucking engineer. And also, like, there's good things about that, which I, which are funny, like the call me Joe joke, yeah. and like it was and the, charming, the interactions, Lee mocking him to his face, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like all this stuff, which was really great, and also like the scenes afterwards where like Adam Trask doesn't know how to start it, and then Lee and the kids all sing along like this, the stupid like mm-hmm. like the first two stages, like that stuff was funny. Oddly enough, we'll get okay. No, we'll we'll talk about the movie when it comes to it, and okay. we didn't talk about it yet. So but let's start. Let's start before, here before For, that. Okay, even before that. Yes. Daniel, what is East of Eden? Who is John Steinbeck? And have you done any research for us? Yeah, well, I did. I did research last time, but I kind of want to make an addendum. There was oh. there was one big thing that I didn't really get into as much. Um, did and you it, get it, the it name of be... his dog wrong? What's that? Did you get the name of his dog wrong? It's Charlie. I know you the name of the book. Anyway. Uh, so, so again, um, kind of for people who need a refreshment about what I said about John Steinbeck last time, I hadn't heard it. Um, the biggest thing that I wanted to talk about was that, like, I always assumed that John Steinbeck was like this kind of like consistently beloved and well lauded uh, novelist. He won the Nobel Prize and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been for which book? For this one? Uh, our no, uh, our uh, winner of our discontent. This one too, isn't it? No. This one did not win. No, 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 no. Huh? Winter of our discontent. It oh, was. Hi. It was like it was kind of like an honorary one, if you know what I mean. I thought the back cover of my book says "Winner of the Nobel Prize of Literature." The or author it, is. Hmm? The author is. I guess so. But no, it was our our winner of our dis- I don't even know what the thing. So I mean, actually like, don't even know what the fucking book's it, about. Is, so like you you can you can take out the cocktail napkin that Juno Diaz wrote his phone number on and be like, Nobel Prize winner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is a Nobel Prize winner. Anyway, True. So um so again like um. Uh, yeah, he, when he won the Nobel Prize for uh, one of our discontent, yeah, I hear that too. There's like a sink or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was a lot of there was a lot of hubbub because people were essentially giving him a lot of shit. People were very very mean mean about it, and and it was revealed much later on that like it wasn't it wasn't a very crowded field of candidates. So mm-hmm. and he only won by a slim margin. Mm-hmm. So like like yeah, but do we know who those authors are now? No, we don't. <laughs> um that's the uh, that's uh, the big thing there so, so suck it like critics and again like critics 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 and fucking readers because readers were also kind of the basically like the 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 common uh thread throughout a lot of the insults was that john Steinbeck, the guy who wrote that one good novel 
One, well, which by the way, wasn't this one they were talking about. They were talking about Grapes of Wrath. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, we hate the common man, Daniel. You know. Speaking of the common man, um, one of the things, because he, Steinbeck was pretty controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things actually we didn't really talk about last time was that one of the, like, the most controversial things about him is that he wrote a lot of novels that were, a lot of fiction that was very pro-workforce, pro-labor, pro-union, poor working man. He was a socialist. He was he was very much a socialist. He visited Russia several times, the oh, Soviet wow. Union, I mean to say. It's pretty cool. And and yeah, sure enough, if you write those kind of things... He and visited the, the Soviet Union? He visited, he visited the Soviet Union. What year is Eusebian published? The 55? 52? Well, the movie was 55. I think yeah. it was like 51. I think it's 52. You're supposed to have this all on a card, Daniel. Yeah, 52. Okay. Um. So like. So like again. Um. And if you're a writer writing about those things in the early to mid uh 20th century in America, your typical American doesn't really necessarily like that. People no, were attacking. That's, that's, this is the time of the House and American Activities Committee. Yeah. And it, they they were. And he was he was kind of like. Even now, it's not good to be a socialist. Yeah, even now, you get shit for being a socialist. So, like, people were basically giving him shit. No, I, I saw a shadow. It wasn't anything. Um, I'm really Was paranoid. it a shadow from the deep? Yeah, it was. Uh, no, no. So, like, people were giving a lot of shit. Like, like if, if you were anti-capitalist in America during that time, people got pretty fucking mad at you. Sure. Um, and this is the guy who wrote uh, uh, Grapes of Wrath. Canary uh, Row, Tortilla Flat. Uh, Indubi's Battle. That was the big one about the the strike, right? That's what about? I don't even tell me. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read this guy. So, uh, yeah. Well, I've uh, in speed, which um, that I don't really want to say too much because again, I said a lot about Steinbeck last time. We have a lot of ground to cover with this one because That's true. Uh, last time we only read uh, 180 pages out of like a, a 600, 600 page, page novel, book. and this time, Gabriel, I've read the whole thing. You have, did? Have you? I did. Yes. Totes. It's a lot of books. It's a lot of books. It's, it's a fucking and and the book. worst best thing about it is if you speed read this book, you're only depriving yourself of how good it is. Yes. Um. And not to jump too far ahead, but like, yeah, some of the best things about this book are like the little details that he puts in. Mm-hmm. Um. They're pretty fucking interesting. Like, there's like a couple paragraphs about like about like Mexicans and like the the war with the head America had with Mexico, where like. They're talking about like America's kind of like opinion about like themselves in terms of battle, mm-hmm. and like like and like how they were with like the war of Mexico and Mexico Mexicans beat them because Americans were like <laughs> we thought they were lazy and couldn't oh, shoot. Oh yeah, it turns out they can shoot straight. And like yeah, and like that's like a paragraph or two in yeah. this gigantic book. Mm-hmm. And so like there there are a lot of <laughs> much like slow readers, a fast paced literature podcast. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of really beautiful digressions. Yeah, yeah, and that all add to the tapestry. And of, of course, and it's definitely something hard to translate onto screen, of course, because it very, it literally. Oh, is... we also watched the movie. We yeah, should we, uh, note that out. We watched the Elia Kazan movie, mm-hmm. starring Elia Elia. I've heard both versions. Yeah, I didn't actually. Kazan Kazan. Uh, I, I usually say Kazan, right? Mm. Uh, I say Elia Kazan, but then, Kazan. but then, like of all people fucking uh um Ethan Hawke was like Elia and I'm like Ethan Hawke would know I had a dream where I met Ethan Hawke How'd it go <laughs> I thought it was pretty I remember like kind of being like that's Ethan fucking Hawke I love that guy he's great But like <laughs> anyway uh, was, it a, was it a it was a wet dream a, anyway yeah. uh, <laughs> that was, was a cool dream but whatever. it was a wet dream um Gabriel uh so yeah no like okay so where do we start so 
last time, and it was it was kind of it was really tortuous because it was well, really we should we should tell the story of the book before and, and the yeah. off chance someone is this is the first episode I've ever listened to. Okay, ever. Well, let's talk about two things. Um, one, East of Eden. Uh, so John, it's John Steinbeck's kind of like magnum opus. It's mm-hmm. self described, I guess. Um, and he wrote it late in his career. It is a sprawling, um, generational family saga. Uh, that also contains some very direct biblical allusions. Yeah. Um, it is the story, specifically it is a story about Adam Trask. Mm-hmm. And we follow him from literally like birth to death. Yeah. Um, and we start with him and his uh, brother Charles uh, living under their dad Cyr- uh, Cyrus. Cyrus. And uh, basically they, they're right away is a uh, Cain and Abel illusion between the fact that like uh, his uh, uh, Adam's brother Charles gets very jealous from the kind of like un kind of like un not unrequited um uh, unrestrained and kind of like uninitiated like love that the father has for Adam that he doesn't have for Charles and Charles kind of tries to murder him yeah it, it's pretty brutal and um it wasn't even that it it was literally one time um like Cyrus preferred a gift from Adam yeah well, and the, and really like the rest of the time like like Cyrus favored Charles Oh, was that? I don't. Maybe yeah. I don't remember. No, really. I thought it was the same thing with like because uh, again, like this story gets repeated because mm-hmm. uh, later on the second part of this book is that Adam Trask himself has kids, uh, Aaron and Cal, aka Cal. angry Bible thumping, cruel <laughs> Adam Trask, <laughs> well, who has not a sensitive no, bone in his body. No, not this one. Not this no? one. This is. You, isn't, you mean uh, you mean that's not who he is in the book? No, that's not. That I look, Raymond Massey and yeah. and Eli Kazan and Paul, <laughs> what's his fuck, uh, may have done him a disservice. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, um, but no, he has his own kids and, uh, in like the, the kind of cycles repeating itself again about like, uh, uh, one brother who's very seemingly kind of like innocent, yeah. but kind of like doomed. Mm-hmm. And then you have another brother who's a little more violent, aggressive, like, um, slightly devious, slightly devious. And like, and for some reason kind of like uncontrollably will hurt not only other people around him, but especially the brother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the touching thing about this story, Gabriel, if you don't mind me, Saying is that it's is not. Is that it's my brother's birthday? It's not. No, it's not. That's not touching. Okay. Um, it's not about how Cain kills nice ones. <laughs> my watch. It's not about how Cain kills Abel. Mm-hmm. It's about how Cain loves Abel. It's about how Cains kill Abels. It's about how Cain loves Abel. That's a, what the fuck are you talking about? Hey, hey, you completely. Hey, it's a repeat. Anyway. Gabriel. Yeah, that's shit's true. Hey, yeah. Cain loved Abel. It's it was a, his brother. Yeah, but that's like the gen, that's like the big that's Tim a, That's the synopsis that you mm-hmm. can give it. There's like a lot of other story. I mean, what there? It, uh, there's also it coincides with the Hamiltons. Yes, uh, a family who also grew uh, grows up in uh, comes up in Salinas, the Salinas Valley, um, who are uh, John Steinbeck's uh, actual family that mm. on his mother's side the hamiltons yeah um all of hamilton is a mother uh, all of hamilton Ernie is, Steinbeck. is uh is definitely uh like a minor character that pops up in this john Steinbeck himself pops up mm-hmm. a couple times um but mainly it's focused on samuel hamilton the patriarch of that Samilton. family sam samilton mm-hmm. as he kind of sprites sam his ham. name at one time sam ham um and uh and on top of that like it's uh and also not to get too into it we have two major characters we haven't mentioned so far First, we have Cat. Uh, Ka- what's her Kathy? What's her last name? Kathy Ames. Ames. Kathy Ames, aka Kate. Kate Albie. The seemingly just flat out amoral, e- a- evil, not even amoral, yeah. uh, like a, unfeeling, a very unfeeling, devious, sinister person 
who on the on the scale of things is also literally marked with like the cane sign. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I should get into that. Uh, and also a character who we unfortunately didn't get into last time yeah. called Lee. Lee. And uh, also I want to say that's one funny thing I should I want to actually talk about this book before we actually get into how we felt about it, if you don't mind. Wait. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. But East of Eden was not the first title that the book got. What was it? It was, it actually had. Uh, Is it The Legend of Lee? No, they actually had. a. He, he went through a lot of bad titles mm-hmm. for this book. Okay. At first. He how, was, was it Put to, Put the Trask? No, no, I wish it was. Um, uh, the original titles, and you could the tell Trask that Masters? he was really searching mm-hmm. for something, right? Uh, you can, I, I can feel this. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the titles in the order that they came up. Uh, the Salinas Valley. Blech. My Valley. Blech. Down to the Valley. <laughs> and then we take a short, a, a quick, a, a, a slight, quick short, a, a quick uh, a turn. Cane sign. Yeah. It's like, it's like, that makes sense. It's not a good title. Yeah, that's not a good title. Uh, and then apparently uh, transcribing the 16 verses of Cain and Abel, blah, 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 blah. They enthusiastically took on the last three words of the final verse to East of Eden. The title comes from the exact phrase, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Hmm. So, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Where should we How begin? do you feel about the entire religious hypocrisy that we are actually descendants of Cain, yet no one seems to think about that? Yeah, no, it's something. Yeah, no, that's. Tim Schull. Tim Show. Tim Show, motherfuckers. Tim Show. Um, yeah, no, that's a that's a thing. How do you feel about that? You're more uh, uh, Christian than me. I don't. Okay, good. No, it's just, it's just emblematic <laughs> of of the questions we don't ask about belief. You know, the, the strongest belief there is is one that weathers all questions. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. If you if you analyze it from every angle and still believe, that is the truest love of God. It is not blind faith. Yeah, it's, it's a very philosophical and yet religious book in the best way possible mm-hmm. it is because like I, like honestly i feel like if you tell people if you told me that this book is pretty christian mm-hmm. like it's kind of like yeah i don't know but it's it's thoughtful and philosophical yeah it, it's like a nice terrence malick movie sure it's <laughs> a, a little, beautiful little allegory yeah but gabriel okay so how do you feel on the whole having read the last uh 420 pages of 420. Eastern Eden. And also, this is the first time you've read this. This ever. is my very first time. At all. Yeah. yeah. So how did you, how did you, how did you fucking feel? I, I, as I told you last time, um, I love it. It's, I, I continue to love it. I really love it. I already loved it even before Lee shows up. And then Lee shows up and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is great. Hmm. It, it, it almost, it almost undoes all of my bias against <laughs> Tortilla Flat. Gabriel, uh, uh, tell me. So, Lee, we didn't really talk about him at all last time. We mm-hmm. literally stopped. Like, I think you you read it up to the point, like literally right literally, before, literally like, pages. Like we were inter- Like Sam Sam Ham uh, had just met Adam Trask, and mm-hmm. Kathy's there, and she's pregnant. And it was, a, it was a plane ride. And then and then at some like literally like he was about to pop up, and he and he didn't. And I heard yeah. this, and I was just like, oh fucking right. Yeah. So Gabriel, tell us about Lee. Lee. You meet Lee right away. He is um, he is Adam Trask's servant at home. He's like uh, the keeper of his house, that kind of thing. And uh, you meet him, and he immediately speaks in what was used to be called pigeon, mm-hmm. which is the offensive, exaggerated, heavily um, inflected Chinese-English hybrid that I'm not even going to repeat any of it. Mm-hmm. It... it Think of a racist depiction of a Chinese person speaking English back in the early 1900s. You got it. Yeah. And you find out 
that through a conversation with Samuel Hamilton, a wise, decent man. Irish descendant. Too, Irish yeah. descendant. That Lee, like Sam sees through Lee and discovers that Lee is a highly educated American-born man who um, speaks who speaks very clean, bright, educated, erudite English, but only talks pidgin to put the white people around him at ease. Yeah, he uh, because if he spoke like how he actually is, the white people around him wouldn't understand him. Yes. So to be understood. He has to be the Chinese man that yeah. that he, he plays the role of the the celestial Chinaman yeah. when he is a person. He's a regular person. Well, yeah, he's um. Well, for, yeah, first off, tech, yeah, again, he's not even like Chinese. He's Chinese American. Yes. Um, but like, yeah, and he's like, I forgot, he went to like Harvard or something like that. Uh, Stanford. Stanford. He went to Stanford. No, I'm sorry, he went to University of California, I believe. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Okay, one of them, one or the other. I forgot what it was. I thought it was, I thought it was, whatever. Um, so yeah, he's like highly educated and whatnot, has dreams of like opening like a bookstore. Yeah. And, and he's dedicated basically for most of his life. He's a dedicated servant and family caretaker to the Trasks, raising Adam Trask's two children after Adam becomes a zombie, basically, after his wife betrays him. Yes. And uh, and right off the bat, like uh, that first, that really long scene with him and Sam Ham, mm-hmm. like right away just quickly endears you to him because yeah. because of not only just like all of this and whatnot, but just like he is, wait, what was I going to say actually? <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, yeah, no, it's, yeah. He's a cool dude. He, he's an interesting character and. He's fascinating. And like also. If the book was about Lee, I, I would be, I would love it even more somehow. Yeah. And for how sprawling the book is, you can almost argue that the book is almost about Lee because. Mm-hmm. He he kind of is like the central he's like the person who literally holds the family together. Yeah. And not just like completely supportive. He's like the head he's almost the head of the family. Yeah, he runs the family's finances. He takes care of everything from Adam. Yeah. And Adam, uh, unlike the film uh version of him, he's a very sensitive, kind of like ineffectual father. Yeah, he's, you a, know? he's a head in the clouds kind of guy. He's yeah. he is extremely sensitive to a fault. And like he's he's a decent man, but you know, like, like the the loss of his this blind love of his wife like killed him. Yeah. And so he's just this he's he's a decent man who doesn't pay attention to anything around him. Yeah. And uh and again, like he's the Much ab- to his shame when he comes the, to realize. <laughs> he's the able in like the Cain and Abel version between him and his brother and all and like very much so like he's kind of like just like doomed. Like he also um something that we should get to is that his own kids, uh, uh Aaron and Caleb Caleb. Uh, aren't even his. Uh, it's implied. It's never said. It, it would make more sense if that was the case because that's also, again, a biblical allusion to mm-hmm. the fact that Cain the, the has children, children Cain, yeah. not Abel. Abel's dead zoes. Yeah. Um, so, hitting the head of a rock. Yeah, because like we see before that uh, 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 Kathy, the evil woman who we Love, haven't spoke yeah, too much about. The two best characters in the whole thing are Kathy and Lee. Yes. Uh, and Kathy uh, just... Kathy Lee. For whatever reason, decides to sleep with uh, Charles, Adam's brother, and most likely that's how she A wild caprice. Yeah, so, and she's a fascinating character. Let's talk about her, because I feel like last time we were gushing about the book, then we were like, you know, we didn't talk about Kathy all that much. Yeah. Uh, So, Gabriel, walk walk us through why why Kathy is an interesting character, and why, for example, every time there is an adaptation for this film, except the original movie, um, like, the big name who's attached is always playing Kathy. Well, um in in the in the movie, she's actually fourth build. 
Yeah, but like in the new and like any other like proposed adaptation, or whatnot, usually like the big name is like Kathy. I Cameron. think so. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're taking the time to really go like if you're adapting the whole fucking book as opposed to the last like hundred pages of it, Kathy is such is an incredibly active character in ways that almost no one else in the book is. Yeah. She is extremely proactive, whereas none of the other protagonists really are. Well, that that's actually an interesting point because even though like. If you were to say who's, like, the main character of the book, you would mm-hmm. say Adam, Adam Trask, yeah. right? But Adam Trask is very ineffectual. He's extremely passive. <laughs> he, he's very passive. Uh, like, Lee is active. Yeah. Uh, Ka- uh, Cal is active. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, and uh, Kathy is the, in a sense, the antagonist. Yeah, the one she, who pushes the plot forward. Yeah, like, because basically a lot of things just revolve around, uh, revolve around that, which is an interesting way to look at this where, like, again, like, you, if you were to make an adaptation for this... Adam isn't the person to kind of hang anything on. No, there's nothing. There's Adam is not that dynamic. Mm. He's someone people bounce off of. His actions have consequences, but do they really anchor the story? Not so much. Yeah, everything. Every, he's mm. the house that everything revolves. Exactly. Takes place in but here. Kathy is his character who is so intense and dynamic, and she's she's basically a person. She's she's evil for the most part. That she's a killer. She is calculating. She's an abuser. She she's utterly cruel. But ultimately, she becomes a character who's pitiable and yeah. who deserves a, a a modicum of sympathy. Yeah. Uh, um. I gotta be honest. Like towards the end, I was kind of hoping that she was gonna get like some more like redemptive kind of qualities, especially mm-hmm. when she starts like communicating with uh Cal mm-hmm. uh more, which didn't really happen the interesting thing maybe we should get to those sooner than later but um in the movie uh like starring james dean starring jimmy dean Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other people yeah um julie harris is that uh yeah no she james davalos she's not as evil she even gives joe van etten oh i mean we'll get maybe we should talk hollywood legend lois smith when who yeah i'll talk about her in a bit she's fucking cool yeah Um, (laughs) lois smith really anything she's ever been in you're like oh fuck yeah um she's in ladybird dude i mean i'll get to that later so like that's for you kdk the big thing that we'll uh that we should talk about in terms of the book is like the big climactic stuff Mm -hmm. especially with a the the general like main theme of this which is um involving the word tim shell Mm -hmm. uh, hebrew word tim shell is that uh lee uh being the 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 big thing like the heavy thinker that he is uh he first off he becomes really close friends with uh, samuel hamilton yeah who's a philosopher and thinker if there ever was one and then like after like yeah samuel hamilton is almost like uh, like the flip side of of Lee, where he's an uneducated Irish uh, descendant of Irish immigrants, who's also just very wise and yeah, thoughtful. He's very he's a big thinker. He lives on his ideas, and he lives by the seat of his pants, flying by his ambitions and his big family. Whereas Lee is someone who's committed himself to realistic, realistic ambitions, out of a desire to not to, ultimately. To not be lonesome. Yeah, to lon- that that's a it's a he wonderful. He forgoes a desire to have. He forgoes his plans to have a family <laughs> and to have a shop because he misses the family he made. Yeah, that's that's really for like a hundred pages. Lee keeps Lee is like saying like I'm gonna leave now. I'm gonna do my. I'm gonna get yeah, my. I'm out the door, dude. Because if I don't do it now, I'm never gonna do it. I already missed my chance to really have like a family of my own. 
He's literally gone for six days. He comes back and is like, I got lonely. Yeah, I got lonely. Uh, that's great. I'm going to make coffee. I, I do. Or buy a stove. I, yeah, he comes in. He comes I bought in. myself a cool new jacket. <laughs> he comes in and Adam does he, like, doesn't even like register that he came back first. Yeah. Like he's already, he's like talking to him. He's like, oh, Lee, you're back, huh? He's like, yes, don't let me say it. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I love the idea that uh, that Lee's journey is being low. Is going from being like a lonely person to be to like belonging. Where mm-hmm. when we meet him, he's disguising who he is. Yeah, he's kind of hidden. Um, he's careful. He's thoughtful. And not only does he becomes like this useful, like he literally keeps the family alive. Yeah. Uh, but also by the end, not only is he accepted, he's dressing in just like more traditional American clothes. He's speaking. He, he I don't think he's really talking to anybody in like that pigeon language towards the no, end. No, not at all. He's the emotional heart and guidance of the family. When Cal is having an emotional problem, or when he needs honesty and he needs advice and someone to listen to, he goes to he goes to Lee. Yeah, he goes to Lee. Um, Lee Lee literally raises the kids. Like Adam yeah. is not really. Yeah, they 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 were all, they were almost raised knowing Cantonese. Yeah. Which actually would have been cool. Cool. If it was Jim Harrison, he would have fucking been totally. raising Kennedy. Anyway, but um, and uh, yeah, and you know what? Because like, you know, fuck that mo- movie. One of the most touching things you get from like the climax of the mm. book is that like nothing beats the scene of all uh people. Like the last scenes with like Abra and Lee. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff was was yeah. touching. You know, yeah, where, and, where like Lee kind of takes Abra in as. A daughter of his own, almost, and and she, and she like they both like admit that like like I wish I had you as a daughter, and mm-hmm. he says I w- she says I wish I had you as a dad, and he goes away and he gives her like the what like the ornament that like his mother yeah. wore in a very terrifying story. Um, yeah, goddamn. Yeah, that's that's fucking hard. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, Tim Schull. Sorry, real quick. Yeah. Let's so do Tim- we'll talk about Tim Schull, and then I really, and then we'll wrap up our thoughts short on the book, and then I want to ask you about the movie. Okay. Uh, so Tim Schull again. Um, at some point when there were name when uh like the the three the three dudes in the first half of it, mm-hmm. uh, Adam the three Lee, coolest cats that ever cool catted cool cats uh cool cats uh Adam Lee and Samuel Hamilton Sam Ham uh they need to come up with names for the kids because basically the father let like didn't give him names for a year yeah the twins yeah Adam lets l- lets himself go to waste yes and uh and the, and the property and mm-hmm. uh but uh. Uh, they go to the Bible and they start coming up names. They, just they get kinda... like drunk on uh, on on uh... Inca Incapi or something like that. Incapi, I'm I not sure. I have sure no idea what that yeah. is. Um, and uh, and at some point, like later on, when they kind of bring up the Bible again, uh, Lee brings up that he has this like weird like obsession with uh, translating. It was like what God says to uh, Cain after mm-hmm. was that okay? Where and and like one version of the Bible, God says. Thou shalt. It, it was like it was like do thou or something like that. But mm-hmm. thou sh- it was like no, it was like do thou, which is a command. Mm-hmm. And then another thou version shalt, said, which is a, a prophecy. Thou shalt, which is like saying that yeah, you will overcome sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all about sin. Yeah, you, you, it's like like you will overcome sin. You. Well, that's the yeah. same word. So the three versions uh, <laughs> are do thou um, overcome versions. sin, which is I command you to overcome sin. Yeah. And then there's thou shalt overcome sin, which is like a, a prediction prophecy that one day you shall. And yes. lastly, the actual translation from the Hebrew that mm-hmm. Lee and his um, Chinese elder like like friends who are like academics, yeah. they research the Hebrew <laughs> and they get so with carefully the rabbi, yeah. and they get really into <laughs> the rabbi stuff. I, I would love to see that story as well. Um, they discover that the actual proper translation is thou mayest 
which yes. means you have thou mayest overcome sin, which means well that well one that also yeah. yeah that God is not necessarily quite so omnipotent, but also that as a man you have an option to overcome sin because as they say, if thou may, then thou may not exactly. Yes. And uh, and that uh, yeah and you and as you said that the the word it's the word Timishel which means thou thou may thou right? mayest which come which brings up now and then and at the end when Adam has had uh, after Aaron be- oh uh, 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 fucking uh, uh, Cal shows uh, his younger brother yeah. Aaron his mother yeah Cal like who... shatters Aaron's world open by revealing the truth that not only is their mother alive but also she is a woman of sin well on top. Also causes her mother to kind of break and commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives his dad a uh, no. A they, uh, Aaron goes to Aaron goes to war. He signs up to Aaron World War dies One. Dies at war. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam uh, has a, a, stroke. a stroke, and basically on his deathbed, Lee kind of like begs Adam to forgive his yeah, only you, son. You will damn your son if you do not forgive him. Yes, and the one word. That Adam is able to say before he falls asleep, not before, dies. Before he closes his eyes and goes to sleep, mm-hmm. which is totally wink, wink, not dying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is Tim Michelle. Tim Michelle. And the book closed, and John Steinbeck does a mic drop. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Then he gets in a car with his dog, and he's like, "These damn kids! These damn kids! Went back in my Tim Michelle. Thou mayest suck my <laughs> balls." Anyway, Daniel, you finally finished reading this book. Mm -hmm. How are your thoughts on this book? Before we start talking about our very different thoughts on the movie. Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. uh, I didn't mention the top that I read this book when I was like a teenager. I thought you never finished it when you were a teenager. I didn't. However, I got much farther than I remember. Like, I remember Charles dying and I remember the scene with the mechanic. Yeah. Um. And like that's actually like way deeper in the novel than I realized. I thought I only read. I only like I got like twenty two fifths of the way through the book. Instead, I got like three fifths or something like that. Oh, huh. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I've been kind of like been pausing about it already. But mm-hmm. Gabriel, what have you felt about the book? Um, I I I like it so much that I regret. Maybe it is just <laughs> that I'm so I I have I have made an undertaking of mine the last year to pursue more more Asian American stories to find to get more in touch with my Filipino roots that kind of thing that it's so wonderful and refreshing and joyful to find a character back in 1952 mm. that was so accepted well, apparently not accepted into american literature wow. and classics to like like lee my, i i mentioned before and last time i talked about it, it was my parents who said to me like oh the movie's good but lee's not in it so there's no real point and yeah. i'm like and i wondered about that and then you know i think it's okay for me to say as an asian american that's a real fucking bummer to, it, we'll talk about it later yeah, and talk well, about the movie itself but that character makes the book for me the book itself is already wonderful there's incredible beautiful observations mm-hmm. and it's it's like reading the bible except it doesn't make you angry it's it's it's, it's, an, it's an amazing book it's I'm, I'm so glad i own a copy of this now yeah i know and uh i have now i had sent from pennsylvania my copy. Your, your, your copy is very handsome. Which uh, this is the this is uh, the the first edition cover. Mm-hmm. It's not an actual. It's like a what do you call it? Like a reproduction? No, like the mail the mail order book thing. What mail order bride. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Um, ah, well, fuck it. So, uh, yeah, so I'm real happy that I have this, and you know, I'm I'm glad I finally uh, read the whole thing, and I remembered that this book that I liked back then. I'm like, oh, it actually is really good. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, 
So, um, that's nothing anyone who's read this doesn't know. Um, if you have never read East of Eden, pick it up. Buy a copy used if you see it at a bookstore because even if you read it very slowly across 10 years, you will very much appreciate everything in it. It's an amazing book. It's uh, the le- it's one of the best ones I've read for the show. It's it's nicely, simply written. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very long. <laughs> it's, it's very, very long. long. It's Take very your time. Um, yeah, like little things like... Uh, uh, Tom Hamilton, like mm-hmm. that whole story, which yeah, Desi has like almost nothing. To, yeah, those has like almost nothing. To, it's like a branch that yeah. just kind of hangs off the tree and then ends, and you admire it, and then like the main story continues. Yeah, little things like that. Anyway, Still works so for me. let's let's go on break real quick. When we come back, we're going to talk about 1955's East of Eden, directed by. We're going to look up the proper way to say it. Ilya Kazan, starring James. Don't. <laughs> I get it. In. Uh, okay. Go out of break. Be back. Welcome back! Oh, we forgot to look up how to pronounce his name. Dear, let you late. All right, whatever. Listen over here. Next week. Gabriel, we got too much shit to talk about. Next week. We got to hurry up with this, all right? We got 10 fucking minutes. Oh. Gabriel? Uh-huh. So we're going to cut right to it, right? Because we did book talk. Zapstraighttoit.com. And now we're going to do the movie talk. Movie talk. Movie talk. We're talking about the film and screen and movie talk. Gabriel, what movie are you talking about? We're talking about East of Eden, directed by Ilya Kazan, 1955, starring James Dean, Julie Harris, uh, something, Jack Davalos, and Raymond Massey. All right. Gabriel, what's your history? In Joe Van Etten. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel, what's your history with East of Eden? I saw this movie in my 1950s cinema class uh. in, back in college. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all part of our whole study of method acting and all like the acting trends and movie trends that changed the 50s. Um, so I saw it then. Um, I thought it was really interesting then. I thought it was a really good movie. But like I've said it many times in this show before, it is a showcase for the method acting primarily of James Dean. Ow. You okay? And secondarily for Julie Harris. Okay. Um, it's a great movie. Having not read the book, yeah. having read the book, <laughs> I um it's it's so different that it's basically not even an adaptation in my mind anymore. It it almost it almost it's, it's like an inspired by. It, yeah, it almost would have well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it knows what it is. There's a reason why it's called East of Eden. Did, but, like, did he want to do, like, a, an inevitable prequel trilogy afterwards? <laughs> he was going to do the prequels. Like, how did these people get there? How did they get there? Um, but uh, we, we kind of looked this up a little bit. Uh, Elia Kazan uh, s- said as much. Who cares? Who cares? He's fucking dead. He's fucking dead. That guy was a snitch. Anyway, so. Um, just like Randy. Yeah, just like Randy. Look what happened to him. He got beat down on. Um, but no, you gonna protect me, Carver. The uh, we're talking about the wire. Uh, but no, um, you know he uh, he said that he wanted to basically focus on uh, the he wanted to find the story through the climax. The climax being when uh, Cal shows his mom to Aaron, and then like the fallout from that. Mm-hmm. And and look again, it totally makes sense that like, well, yeah, the movie version of East of Eden is not going to be East, East of Eden. Eden. It's going to be a beautiful 1950s cinemascope, like, film directed by two people at the height of their power. But is it a good adaptation? Leave that, that, that Tim Shell. <laughs> <laughs> Thou uh, mayest deny it. Gabriel, is Tim Shell in the movie? 
It is not. All right. And Gabriel, let me ask you about something else. Uh, is Lee in the movie? No. No, Lee is not. Gabriel, let me tell you about my history with East of Eden. Okay, dude. Because I remember reading- You've never seen it. I've never seen it before. And I, like I said, I read like three-fifths of East of Eden when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So like, it would kind of be a surprise that like, Oh, the, James Dean starred in like like in a yeah. TV movie, and I look at this. I believe we actually had that conversation. Yeah, we 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 might have had this conversation. I had this probably with like a bunch of people probably, but mm-hmm. and I remember and looking like, at the poster, who does he play? And I'm like, who's James Dean play? He doesn't play Adam Trask. He'd be a terrible Adam Trask. Like I was like, he's yeah. I look at him, I'm like I have no idea who that is. It would actually. I was thinking like, does he play Charles? Mm-hmm. So like because again, the movie. Because, like, unbeknownst to me is that, yeah, the movie is in, like, an adaptation of the last, like, 100 pages of... of Which is crazy. Of a 600-page book. Yeah. Um, So, like, I was kind of mystified. And also, when I was kind of interested, I'm like, yeah, what's this about? I would look at this, and I would go to the cast, and I'd be like, is, like, Lee going by a different name? Hmm. And I'd be like... And after a while, I'd be like, there's no Lee. And I think maybe when you saw... When you said that you saw East of Eden, I would say, hey, was there... So like is the is there a character named Lee in that? Like is there a Chinese like, serpent no. name? There's no Chinese people in that movie. And I'd give you a look like, what? You're like, no, who? Who's Lee? So like I was mystified, and sure enough, that's why you should have been. So yeah, because like like in my innocence, knowing what East of Eden is, and knowing that the movie, and I just be like, no, no Lee. So we we <laughs> yeah. we, we did our best to do a bit of research to find out why we came up with nothing. Nothing. So um, I'm going to do some more research for next week if I can find out because I would love to find out more than anything. Why would you excise a major pivotal character from the book? Mm-hmm. And if if the answer is just racism, okay. That's no, f- a, that's no an further, answer. <laughs> no further questions needed. That's fine. Yeah. But I would love to. I'd love to f- see an interview of the author and Elia Kazan being like, "I wanted Lee in the movie so badly, but it, it needed to be two hours, mm-hmm. and the most efficient way to do it was to cut Lee out, and it broke my heart. But I did it. The, I, I'd accept that answer as well. And I, I want to say the answer. I, I'm going to guess. I assume the answer is something slightly along the lines. Is that mm-hmm. first off, it's like. Yeah, East of Eden isn't going to have all of East of Eden, of course. Mm-hmm. And, like, to simplify that to, like, a single story is going, like, you're going to cut around things. Yeah. And, like, unfortunately, again, you can tell that story without Lee. Yeah. And, uh... And I mean, I... you could have Mickey Rooney play him. Have him bring back his famous character from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Who was he in Breakfast at Tiffany's? Did he he play, played the extremely Chinese racist Japanese man. Oh, I should see Breakfast at Tiffany's. I mean, you I don't, it's a good movie. Yeah, you don't need to. I like Audrey Hepburn enough. I do too. I I don't think you need to see that movie. I don't actually like that movie very much. Well, it's also racist. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's a very good movie. It's just, <clears throat> it's not much like much like East of Eden. It kind of very, it takes some dramatic liberties that, I mean, Steinbeck liked this enough, didn't he? I mean, Capote hated Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, he did. Nice. He, he hated it. <laughs> well, Capote is someone who was more forthwith with his opinions definitely um steinbeck uh the some of the back history that some of the 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 research i did into this is that steinbeck uh about the movie in general was like you know what it's not he also steinbeck worked in hollywood he actually uh, wrote the screenplay to uh, kazan's like previous film so like like they knew on the waterfront no it was like it was like Kazam or something like that. The fuck Kazam? was it called? I don't know. Starring Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, but like basically, Steinbeck went like, "It's not my movie. 
It's not my story. It's like its own thing. That's very They're, forward thinking of him to go, be like, yeah. oh, it's it's not my. They they bought the rights. Yeah. Therefore, it is not my movie. Yeah, they I, they they adapted my thing into something that's not mine. Exactly. And that's fine. And again, Steinbeck, he worked in Hollywood. He knows the game. Yeah, he know? got fucking paid. What does he care? Um, that said, uh, and apparently, like the other thing that that, that was important about Steinbeck is that uh, he met uh, James Dean, and he goes, "Yeah, this guy's Cal." No, like, yeah, James yeah. Dean is a. Like, have any kind of reservations about his acting style, I'll call it cribbing from Brando, but he embodies Cal Trask to an insane degree. It, he is perfect as Cal Trask. Yeah. Like, like we were joking watching the movie that there's random scenes where, where Dean's is kind of like, 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 seriously, if you told me his direction was pretend you're a kitty cat hiding around the side of the frame. <laughs> he's imagine, with his paws like this. Yeah, yeah. Imagine being a producer, being like, what the fuck is he doing? I, I would, Why is yeah. he not on frame? What's wrong? I, I would love to see, uh, like, like all the old school, like, producers and investors in this. And, like, they're, they're, it's like that scene where, like, what, the, the camera's moving along with uh, Abra and Aaron walking mm-hmm. on a thing. And, like, Dean is just, like, fucking around in, like, the yeah, trees in the he's back. he's putzing in and out of, like, leaves. I would I would love to see them. All these these old dudes being, like, like gnashing on their cigars. Like, 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 the what is he doing? Like, why, why is he not on frame? How he's the main fucking character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and that had to have been the case. Um, pe- people loved it, and people loved Dean. Sorry, what was that movie? Did you find out? Oh, what? Sorry. Yeah, you were looking uh, at something. No, yeah, yeah. I was what gonna, did Steinbeck write? I was gonna, I was gonna look. Okay, yeah. I tell you what. Let me look. Yeah, I'll quick on going on that. You know what? You learn about the rise of method acting. That Julia Harris, she was also a very famous method actress. She was a, she was a five-time Tony winner. Which one's Julia Harris? She's like? Abra. Okay. And she's she's fantastic in the movie. She's wonderful. She never had much more of a Hollywood career, though, unfortunately. I mean, most of the people this way didn't. But, you know, you learn... what Viva Sabata. Oh, okay. That, written by John Steinbeck. No, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I try to warn people like you before this movie. It's that it's easy to... Like like watching Toshiro Mifune in 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 his, one of his wild Kurosawa performances, you you're inclined to be why is this guy overdoing literally fucking everything he's doing? But you discover that it's not them necessarily doing it. It's it's a character choice. Yeah, and this embodies the character very well. That is Cal Trask on screen. Yeah, and and yeah, it it totally is. And again, like uh, James Dean, I, I've never seen a James Dean movie before at all. You haven't seen um, Rebel? I no no. Uh, I haven't even heard his voice really. Like hearing this was the first time, and my like immediate gut reaction was like, he sounds like Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, that it's just because I haven't, I had no idea what he sounded like. Um, I don't really care for Rebel, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, get it. But um, and like yeah, yeah. Clearly, this is like the direct lineage of acting from like this to like De Niro to yeah. Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. You know, you know my whole thing about Brando. It's that you love him. That the first Brando movie you have to see is uh, uh is Streetcar. If you don't, okay. if you see anything other than Streetcar first, you will have never no idea what makes him a great actor. It's like well, it's like only seeing one Tom Hanks movie and it's Forrest Gump. You'll be like, so which is which is a big ask for a lot of people because the first movie a lot of people are going to see is Godfather. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, it's it's in a perfect world. You would, you would have to be a child and also committed to learning film history. Yeah, to, every, to everyone's going to see Godfather Street first, but to truly appreciate, I mean, like. You you watch The Godfather and you've seen The Godfather and you're like, yeah, that's Marlon Brando. You mean he doesn't always look like that? He's not too, like yeah. It's it's like Brando was a transformer and you know he fought Decepticons, but he was totally. able to change how he looked and how he performed, and that's why he was considered to be the greatest actor ever. 
And I love people love about Dean. Dean and Brando were people who refused to play in the limits of the frame. They did. They acted in a way that was so fucking weird that it was great. That said, I think Michael we... Moriarty in Quip and Q. <laughs> that said, the the thing that the general concern. The genuine concern I had for uh, uh, J- James Dean is that if he had kept making movies, and I said this, I'm like, he would have gone this, fat and bad. This is the same character he plays in all the movies, though, isn't he? Yeah, I haven't seen yeah, Giant. You haven't seen Giant. That's like the big three, right? The yeah, big three. It's yeah. only yeah, those are the three. Which essentially, like in this one, he's still playing a rebel with, without a cause. I, yeah. I think, and with rebel without a cause, he's playing a rebel without a cause. So like, yeah. I can't see him transforming. He's mm-hmm. a vulnerable guy, like. Remember, like all different kind, all the actors have like their their own their, like their own way to like do the thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some of them transform. Some of them are fucking annoyingly transformative. Yeah, Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and arguably, he only plays one guy. Christian but Bale. <laughs> Chris, Christian Bale does that too. I love my Bales though. Yeah, I, I bail out for Bale. Hey, I'll and, Christian Bale. And then other people are just I don't know. Like you have like your great like movie stars, like your Tom Cruises, who like aren't transformative. They can really act sometimes, but like they're not like they're always gonna look like Tom Cruise, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, okay, no. Uh, yeah. Well, so no Lee and well, la- baffling. Yeah. Last la- last big thing I want to say because I'm gonna say is like they're, they're, I want to make one assumption for why the the other the the other reason why Lee isn't on the thing in the thing is that like. I think I said it already. <laughs> okay. No, I think I did. There's a I? lot of suspense. I feel like I no. I, was, I feel like I was gonna say well, something. Well, I don't know. We it, very. You didn't say it. No, I didn't. No, I said like. Well, like yeah, like the version. Okay, no, that's what. I was, uh, okay, that's what I was gonna say. Okay. Um, this is the second time I think this episode where like I was saying something. I was waiting to say something, and then the moment I started saying it, I'm like, I don't remember what I was saying. Hold on to that thought. It reminds me of something oh, about the book that I really love. <laughs> Fucking hell. The book does that thing repeatedly that I think is amazing that no, that no people in storytelling don't do anymore. There's actually a conversation where um, Lee and uh, and Adam are talking, and Lee's like, oh, hold on a minute. Let me get a glass of water. And then it's like, Lee got up, got a glass of water, and sat back down. That, that happens a bunch of times. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, really, John? Cool. I love it. Why? But okay, cool. I love you know, it. You know why? Because Lee's an active character. Because Lee's real. <laughs> Lee's fucking real, man. Lee's a fucking... Anyway, go on. Uh, no, no. Because your your tangent was like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, huh, no, uh, no. I was thinking like, okay, because I may say uh, skin peel. I think it's. I think it's looking good. On all me. right. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. But um, uh, no. That said, like when you because there have been talks of more recent adaptations of East of Eden. Yep. Uh, there there was one in what like the eighties or was like a miniseries or something. Yeah, like Yeah, Karen Allen and Warren Oates and um Timothy Bottoms and Lloyd Bridges were in it. Yeah, and uh five years ago there was going to be one. There was going to be a a two parter film uh duology, uh directed by Gary Ross who directed uh Hunger Games, uh Ocean's Eight, Pleasantville, uh Sea Biscuit, which I like. I saw Ocean's Eight. That's a fine movie. You did. Mm-hmm. But um, you gotta support women, dude. T- to be honest, I, I've seen uh, 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 Sea Biscuit and Hunger Games. I like the Hunger. I honestly, I like this. That's a good Games. movie. But um, no, he wanted to make it, and he wanted to make it uh, starring Jennifer Lawrence as I'm assuming Kathy. I would love to do some fantasy casting, but I feel like we're running a little late. And also, because right right no now, reading this book in my mind, like uh, like um, Kathy is um is ATJ. Kathy is ATJ. Mm-hmm. Aaron Taylor Johnson? No, Anya Taylor Joy, the oh, other ATJ. Okay, I can see that too. Yeah, like this, this, uh, this abysmally perfectly symmetrical faced woman who plays alternately completely sadistic and also coquettish. 
Hey man, that uh, the thoroughbreds. You know, no, she she'd be great in that. I would the almost, whole aging I would almost, thing. I don't know if that would work. I would almost like the uh, the uh, the other actress. The, oh, uh, Olivia Thurlby. No. <laughs> uh, Shit, girl from you know the, my one of my favorite movies of last me year. Me and her on the dying girl. Damn it. And well, I tell you what. While we're saying while we're saying that, you know the only person I had in my head who would be a really good uh, Adam Trask, only because I hated the person they got to play. I hated the depiction of Adam Trask in the movie. Yeah, like, Raymond Massey. Like, cause like, look, you can you can cut out a character, a yeah. main character that you love. Yeah, that's what makes me so confused. It's 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 a different thing when you. Oh no, fuck! That's what it was. Okay, um, it's a different thing when you change a character who that person is because Adam Trask in the book is like sensitive to a fucking fault. Yeah, he you know? never he doesn't yell at his kids. Yeah, he doesn't. Whereas in the movie, he's a Bible thumping hard ass. Yeah. Businessman of a dad. Yeah. Um. Also, okay, so. One of the things that I think is going to basically uh, the re- reason why there's no Lee, right, mm. is because the story that Kazan and maybe the screenwriter, I don't know, I'm assuming it's Kazan, but Kazan connected with is that he wanted to tell, he wanted to write a story where the conflict was between Cal and his dad. That if was, you wanted that, to tell a story that about is the story a told. difficult father-child relationship that works, you make it about Cyrus and and Adam. Because that's already a shitty father son relationship. But because uh, the, the, the I feel at the, the Adam <laughs> and Caleb, that's not that bad a relationship. It's well, and the book I think it's not. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and the only truly bad thing he does is he, through his machinations and his devious nature, kind of kills his entire he kills family. His, <laughs> he kills his brother and his dad and his mom. Yeah, and his mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he kills his family. Oh, yeah, he kills his family. No, I thought about that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that that's that's taking a narrative leap to making your own, like, here's how yeah. I see East of Eden. And I feel like that's not an entirely he, accurate. It is It is the two-pronged thing. It is that, he, uh, I, I forgot, there was like some screener at the time who said, like, uh, your, your story's about one thing, it's about the climax. Mm-hmm. So he made it about the climax of the book, which being that, and whatnot. Yeah. And then for some reason, Kazan was like, I really connect with a story between a father, the the, the conflict between father and son. Like yeah. I had that relationship with my, my dad. So the story was about that. And like, you can argue about like whether or not that's the right or wrong way to do is, but mm-hmm. that's just, you know, obviously again, it's yeah. Kazan's it's a movie, choice. right? And he's an it's a good movie. And he's, he's one of the greatest directors of cinema history. He will see about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but like, that so like that's why that that that's he made the movie that he wanted to make and that's what it was and it was going to be about son and father mm-hmm. the one son and father yeah and I I understand <laughs> that the idea that the best way to heighten that in a tight method almost expressionist film is to cut out Lee because Lee weakens that story you want to tell <clears throat> because you want to make sure that Cal has literally no one to turn to. Only Abra. Yeah. And if you add Lee to that combination, then Cal has an outlet and doesn't work anymore. Also, that makes Cal the main character. Yeah. Because, like, uh, it, it, it's, the... it's just like what I think turning that, like, ha- the, the two stroke of removing Lee and making Adam into this angry hard ass, it's, yeah. it's, it's just such a radical departure. It doesn't even feel like the same story anymore. And, um, uh... That man. It's like lit. Dumbledore screaming at Harry about the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Harry, like, what the fuck? What, what the saying? fuck are you doing? Yeah. It's like what? Um. So okay. So because interesting of this, choice. You know. Yeah. You because know, like I immediately went like 
that's like that's not how you see Adam Trask. And I went, you know who I see him as Adam Trask? Tom Hiddleston. Oh, he'd be great. Yeah, like like Crimson Peak. Like of Crimson, Tom Hiddleston. Like Crimson Peak. A, a person capable of yeah. darkness, but is truly just a lost lamb who falls in love with the wrong person. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No, he'd be like, fantastic. Like absolutely, like absolutely, or him as like Fitzgerald and whatnot. You mm-hmm. know, like it's same thing. Or like it, like that is the one thing where it's like that's that, the only in terms of casting. That's the only person I have like that. Other than mm-hmm. that, have like. What's his face? Sorry, uh, uh, sorry, sorry to bother you. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry to, to bother sorry, you. Sorry to call you even by my name. Mm-hmm. Who's the kid? In, call, call me by your name, Timothy. Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. He'd be a great cow. He, yeah, he would be a cow. He'd be like the cow. He'd be perfect. Um, other than that, I have no idea. I have no idea who would necessarily play Lee. I would love it to be, to, for like that to be like essentially like the main character, but it. Mostly being played by an, like an, an unknown. I, I think having I think it it wouldn't happen. I think finding a good unknown for it, you can find anyone who was great in Crazy Rich Asians who has a good following. Get, get fucking Randall Park to do it. Is Randall Park Chinese? No, he's Korean. Yeah, that's another thing though. You yeah, know? but that's yeah. The, that's 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 a whole different sticky wicket. I, I think I think it'd be super cool because I think you can get like big actors to play all the white people, mm-hmm. and yet the central character, the protagonist, yeah. Can be an unknown Chinese actor. I would. I think it would be its own radical departure of a movie I would love. That I wouldn't even call it East of Eden. If it's it kind of like what, what um what's that book that is a retelling of Jane Eyre from the point of view of the woman in the attic, the White Sargasso Sea or something. Is it? I, that yeah, is? No. yeah, it's cool, but I would ra- I would want it to be its own thing because if someone wanted to make, there's no way, and I don't think there's any possible way someone would make East of Eden and lays the main character, and it wouldn't be like like a uh, fucking the guy who did Precious slash the the Butler, uh, Lee Butler, Lee Butler, Lee Butler, yeah. is it Lee Butler? Wait, Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels. <laughs> Lee, Lee Butler's the butler. <laughs> yeah, so but no, like, like Lee, it wouldn't be. Like, it would be like this mockish, like awful, like like me, like shitty melodrama. I, 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 I it, in a beautiful world, it would be great, but it, I don't think it would happen. I think, I think, it, I think it could totally happen. I think that there is a three to four part like mini series film where like each part can also focus on a different aspect of this See, i love that the last part can it would, would essentially be close to what the movie was like yeah where it just focused on like cal you mm-hmm. know we love our midi series of different uh protagonists don't we oh, oh totally yeah and like honestly like home going home going I, I i'm so i'm so well isn't that actually being made i or don't think that, or did i i think i think <laughs> i i think that there was talk I mean, any book that's a bestseller is going to have options. Yeah. I think it's been optioned. There's no actual plans to make it. And by the way, that, that is something that is an important thing to realize is that, you know, like, like it happened with East of Eden. Three years after the book came out, there was a movie, right? Yeah. You know, like all like the like the mo- like modern postmodern like writers from like the early 20th century. Like that happened. Like there was a film version of like the sun also rises shortly after the show. Yeah, they right? burn and churn and it has to be done. It's they, they want to make money and they, they do. Nobody remembers that. Nobody remembers the film version of uh, the sound of the fury that came out in the thirties. You know, I can't fucking, I can't imagine fucking James Franco's stupid movie either. Yeah. Fucking James Franco. Any hoozles. Anyway. I think that kind of wraps up our talk on it. I want to talk more. Okay. I would love to. I love this yeah. book. No, there, it's unfortunate there's a lot to talk about, but it's, it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really well, is. Well, we can, we can have a, 
I feel like I talked, I feel like someone like, like dear friend Katie K. I was talking to a young person in a, in the past five years and they're, they're like, my favorite book's East of Aiden. And I'm like, really? I, I'd hear that and I'd be like, yeah. I'm I mean, like, it is, this is, I tell you what, this. If and... I'm a teenager can get through this, then either they're so pretentious or they're just really great. Fuck yeah, like me, except I didn't make it through. You didn't finish yeah, it. I Whatever, I got pretty far. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Gabriel, I have to say this is the second most literary book I think we've done for the show. What's the first? Uh, Tree Grows in Brooklyn. I guess. Both of them, both of them are like quintessential, like great American novels. Great American generational epics. And again, I want to point out that weirdly enough, this, I want to say also, this book is also weirdly undervalued. It totally is. Like, because again... I would never have picked this up if we hadn't done for the show. People argued that Steinbeck's only good novel was mm. Grapes of Wrath, which, don't get me wrong, from what I read, it was actually pretty fucking cool. And I think mm. we're going to read it for uh, the Strain Yeah, Strain-80, it's right? on a Strain 80. So, like, so, like, oddly enough, so this book isn't as well-beloved as you would think. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't really hear that much about Lee. No. And which is a crime. The really frustrating thing that I brought up when we're watching the movie is that if you imagine that there were, if that Lee was in the movie and that Lee it would be got better in every way. Lee got the nuanced, like characterful portrayal that he is in the book. Like yeah. if he if this character was in the movie, mm-hmm. can you imagine how fucking how much Hollywood I, would I actually bet, be? Different? I bet you could have Yeah, no, that you said that and that broke my heart a little bit. Like, imagine adding ten minutes of runtime to this movie uh-huh. where Lee is inserted into scenes. Can you imagine like I, I told you I compared it to Hattie McDaniels in uh, in Gone with the Wind. But less that, racist. <laughs> yeah. No we don't even know that. Yeah. That it could have been a horrible racist thing, but 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 the fact of the matter is Hattie McDaniels winning that Oscar was a huge leap for black actors in America. It was enormous. Yeah. Even though she wasn't allowed to attend the Oscars, that was a huge protest for it. But I think that was a massive step forward in normalizing black Americans in in history and in cinema and i can't imagine the endless benefits it would have made to asian americans in in hollywood in america to have a depiction of lee mm. one of the best characters and i think in american fiction who is an asian american man who is competent and kind and smarter than almost everyone else in the whole book mm-hmm. and if there had been that character in american media in 1955 it would have it would be a completely different hollywood today and that breaks my heart it, it's it's a huge conversation yeah. to kind it's of why talk i about, want yeah. to know so badly why did they do this it's it's so curious because again if if Kazan he might have also not even fucking read the book yeah it's time possible. I mean you know like I feel like like Verhoeven he, didn't read Starship Troopers fucking what's his face <laughs> that's a great story yeah but I feel like what's his face did the script and it was just like this is what East of Eden is and he goes I like this and he didn't I don't know but anyway mm-hmm. but no it is and also again thinking about the possibilities like if the character was on the screen also think about like how like do you think people would have been like well we can't have an, an Asian American as the, the the lead of the movie or if or even if like because like or you could have had him in a reduced role but like yeah. there and that also would have been a significant yeah. character he could he could have even been like if he had been just even slightly marginalized if mm-hmm. he had just been if he had one or two scenes where you get to see the kind decent Lee in the book mm-hmm. and he's a friend to Cal it would still be the same movie. I mean, they said they give the the heavy the heaviest dramatic lifting at the end of the movie was all given to Abra, which is fine, but like it 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 hurts my heart like thinking that you know the like I've I've said on the show I think or maybe on Sex and Violence, you don't know how weird and painful and wonderful it was for me to see Crazy Rich Asians, mm-hmm. and it could have been so much sooner, but who knows? We'll never know. But yeah, yeah, something like this, yeah. This, because of the because of fucking Kazan. Because of fucking 
that snitch, dude. That's snitch. Snitches get snitches get snitches. Snitches, yeah. I yep. said bitches. Fuck <laughs> no. <laughs> and I said they snitches get bitches, which I mean that's pretty positive. It could be. Yeah, that's also a good thing. Anyway, so Gabriel, uh, he's a member. Real quick. Oh yeah. Uh, so very quick, uh, we do this thing uh, uh, in in ode to our old buddy Jonathan like Hayes of the Webron Podcast, which yep. will we should will mention. Uh, you should guys out there should listen to the Whip yeah, Around check Podcast. Out, check out the Whip Around Podcast. Whip Around is one word. It's a wonderful weird news podcast. Whip Around. And we were just on that show. We Thank were. you so much to um, Sean and Phil for having us on the show. It was a thrill as always to be there. Yes. So guys, check out our episode. It was a good time and. I like that. An ode. An ode to host, to one of the hosts, Sean Hayes. Yes. We do Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. Where we reflect on what's the memory we're going to hold on to the longest from these books. Gabriel, what's your Sean? What's your Sean thought? What's your Sean thought? What's your Hazy Memory? There's so much. But I think really like, it, it's like finding out, you know, like a piece of history or like, or like finding a great album from back in like the 40s or like, Wow, this thing speaks to me so closely, and it came out in the nineteen forties. I mean, Lee is a character now that's always going to stick with me, and it's it's all him. There's so much wonderful stuff in this book that I absolutely love. There, like there are passages that I wanted to underline. Even it has one of my favorite weird oblique allusions to masturbation, where it's like. Um, Cal is becoming a teenager, and he went. He cycled through deep reverence and piety, then wallowed in his filth, and then lay in his shame, and then returned to his religious dedication all over again. And I'm like, that's about jerking off. Hell yeah! But anyway, um, I, I again, I'm so glad I bought a copy of this book. I'm gonna revisit this book many times over the years. Yeah. It's all thanks to Lee, who is not in the movie. Who's not in the movie? Fuck the movie. Fuck. Read the book. You. That said, um, Sean Hayes. My uh, not, not fuck you, Sean <laughs> fuck you, Sean Hayes. Quoting, you heard us. Quoting you Sean heard Hayes. Here. Anyway, uh, no. Um, I, I said this last time we did this. I have like literal hazy memories about this, you know, mm-hmm. because I read this when I was a teenager, and like you were a wee lad. There, there's like there's like little snapshots that I'll always remember. Like the character of Lee has been in my brain since teen years. Mm-hmm. You know, like that character has always been. It's not a surprise to it's have right that character there next to uh, ride ride the Grupa. What's it? Ride, ride the Shupa. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Oh, God. Anyway. Somewhere so, in like, your mind is Lee from East of Eden and right. Hornless. 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 Final Fantasy X. Um, not a good game. Uh, mm-hmm. So, no. I'm trying to think about, like, 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 I remember the mechanic. I remember. We didn't talk about this at all. The kind of, like, sudden, again, like, off camera, let's call it, uh, uh, mention of Charles dying. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, I remember that kind of being a shock the first time I read this. Where, I really like, love that. I expected Charles to kind of come back, and instead he's kind of gone for a long section, mm-hmm. and then Adam reaches out to him, he gets a letter yeah, back Adam's saying, Adam's like, hey. oh shit, I haven't talked to my brother in ten years. And Oops. He, he, br- he gets the nerve, he, he writes out, he reaches out and says, and he acts like a, like, a, like, a, like a lovelorn teen, like, why isn't he written back yet? Come, yeah, he, 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 he writes, he says, Come, come see me, and he gets a letter saying Charles is dead. And, yeah, which is like I, I, I remember that. I remember the. I think I said this three times now. The mechanic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're really all about that mechanic. Uh, no, it's it's a scene that's been in my head for a long time. Just like some guy who comes in and be like, "Yeah, you don't know how to do the car. Let me show you." Jesus how to do fucking All you Christ. gotta do is pull the crank, push mm-hmm. the gizmo, uh, retard the thingamabob. And like, yeah. And... Uh, that reminds me of one more hazy thing I want to circle. Um, the first time uh, the, the boys meet Abra and the, the bacon people, mm-hmm. um, there's that little scene where uh, Adam is um, talking with um, 
Mr. and Mrs. Bacon, and, like, Mr. Bacon keeps on kind of, like, prodding Adam of, like, well, you know, maybe you should put the boys in school. And his little paragraph where it says, what Adam thought and was about to say was, well, why don't you mind your own goddamn business? <laughs> yeah. But instead he said, what makes you think that? I'm like, that's so great. <laughs> like a little aside. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, like, Adam, like, like, just being like, well, fuck you too, dude. Yeah, it's a good book. It's a great book. Yeah. Good hazy memories. Again, I have like this really strong urge to kind of like re- to revisit Steinbeck books. Uh, maybe uh, hopefully I can't look. I can't honestly like we, we should stop. I can't look at L- them. Let's stop talking about East of Eden. Um, I can't. I can't wait for us to land on another Steinbeck book. Mm-hmm. Steinbeck book. Well, Daniel. Um, let me get my phone and we'll roll. Well, no. Next time we're doing Kitchen. We're catching the well, no, we're we're gonna have a guest for Catching the Rye, and we better not roll for that. Oh, the... well, I tell you what. Yeah, get get out your okay. phone my and phone I'll get is in my room. The... Oh, is it? Well, I'll do. Get the I'll just ready. talk directly to the thing. Yeah, he's just lying. He's actually what? slipping out here to take a pee real quick. I guarantee you. Uh, now that I have you guys, just remember, happy birthday there. Who's having birthdays? Dimi Madre, who's going to be sixty, and our old buddy Sabrina, who's going to be. Her age. age, yeah, no, that's that's. I feel that's like that's. I feel like that's rude. Not that it. Not that she's at like a bad age or anything. It's just I don't uh, know. No, she's she's a young gun, but you know it's not appropriate. Gabriel, are you ready to roll your eight sided die? Eighty sided die. What did I say? You said eight. Yeah. Okay. Too. Let me let me let me let me use a fulcrum and a lever to get it up on the table. Fuck. Okay. Ready? Yes. And here we go. 31. 31 is... What is that? Oh, I think you said this sort of A Prayer for Owen Meany. We're doing A Prayer for Owen Meany by that? John Irving? Oh, John Irving. That guy whose name You've been I... making fun of that book for some reason for making... the last couple no, episodes. I'm making fun of John Irving. Yeah. <laughs> All right? No, um... He wrote a Cider House Rules. What is that? Um, it's about sex. He wrote, I don't know. He wrote oh, the world according to Gump. What's it called? Garp. Garp. No, okay. I'm uh, not to get too deep too soon. A Prayer for Owen Meany is a book that means a whole lot to me. It's a very, very painful, strange, dark um, book. It's about the death of a friend. And it was a book that um, in the anniversary of a friend of mine who passed away, like, 13 years ago, it was a book that I read right afterwards. And it really meant a lot to me. It's a fantastic book. Wow. That's very exciting. And I can't wait to make fun of John Irving, who's dead. Yeah, I can't wait for you to learn all about Owen Meany, who is a kind of laughable character. All He's right. great. Not a problem. I'm looking forward to it. It's a whole... So we're going to do that next time? No, we're doing Catcher in a Rye. So um, we're scheduling a guest to do Catcher in a Rye. It is going to be the return of Matt Struck, host Struck. of Really Late Night of Matt Struck. Matty we're not Struck. continuing Hocus Pocus for now, maybe some other time, but we love Matt. I guessed that on a show a couple months ago, and he's going to be here to talk about Catcher in a Rye. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But Daniel, next week, what are we doing? Are we do? I think with the schedule of Matt, when we're going to talk to him. But maybe we'll do a Fonzer Kunst. Wait, wait. So we're not. So we're not doing Catch the Rye next week. Not or? next week. I don't think no. so. Well, I, t- I tell you what. Um, because I have something planned for two weeks from now. <gasps> uh, three weeks from now. What's actually. that? Uh, I'll get to it when I talk to it. Shut, Is it your birthday? Shut, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's my birthday thing. I, I I'm gonna be. Uh, sl- yeah, you had a birthday pic, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I told you about it already. I don't remember. Ah, fucking hell. So, uh, three weeks from now, uh, on the week of, I think it's May fifth. That's a Monday. El Cinco. Um, we were going to do a two books, even though each of us just needs to read really one. Oh, that's right. We're going to be finishing 
West of Sunset by Stuart Onan, mm-hmm. and also reading A Movable Feast by Ernest Hemingway. It's two books that are significant odes to old F. Scott Fitzgerald. You still have not done a single Fitzgerald book. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. No, I'm actually curious. I, I feel like I had this really weird urge to read something by Fitzgerald that wasn't Great Gatsby. Sure. Um, Pick up uh, um, Tenders Tonight. Are any of his books on the Strain 80 besides Great Gatsby? You know, I don't think so. Yeah. Again, a bunch of fucking nerds. Yeah. Shit God out. damn. No. Um. Hey, uh. if anyone, and if any one of you, like, knows someone any who works at the Strand, tell them to get in touch with us, because yeah. I have some fucking questions. We have some fucking, we have some words. But I mean words. I mean our fucking fists. You, you know, like, we're going to get a guest on the, like, from the Strand, and they're going to be like, I know, right? It makes me yeah. so mad. Yeah. I bet, anyway. they, I bet they like McCarthy. Anyway. You want to do some plug-in? Yeah, let's do plug. Um, first off, yeah, I'll do a plug first. Uh, first off, we should definitely plug again. Go check out that Whip Around episode. It's a, it was a lot of fun. We want to be on again. We want them on this show. Yeah, for as sure. As much as they can. Um, uh, and I do want to point out that I barely had any memory of doing that show. Uh-huh. Uh, I was still recovering from an illness. So, like, I, I was listening to that being like, I don't remember what the fuck happened. Yeah. Um, Let's ask Phil to pick a book because we had Sean pick a book before. Uh, I, I tried to get Phil on before. Phil doesn't read. <laughs> oh, he's he, he works. He we, reads science we can give journals. Give him a comic book. This fucking nerd. Hey, we'll make him right. do like a nonfiction. We'll do our first nonfiction book. Oh, I'd love to. Let's do a science book. Uh, so uh, besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Top Gaunt Radio and yeah. follow me on Instagram at Slow Readers. <gasps> uh, and also you can buy my fiction. You can buy The Shadow from the Deep, Ooh. available right now. The acclaimed book by some dude named Peter, uh, who gave me a very nice the review. The book's by you, but the review is by Peter. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did I say that word? Yeah. <laughs> and also, you can get uh, Fictions. Bordering. Bordering on the Fantastic. Thank you. I, yeah. I legit forgot the name. I know. And also, again, but before the end of the month, I'm giving myself a deadline. Before the end of the month, it's it's been a little while. It's been a little while. A Cook in the Kingdom, the novel, completed will be released. That's very exciting. Yes. Um, um, that's, yeah, it's going to be a lot of work, but... Anyway, Gabriel, plug! Um, ladies and gentlemen, please follow me on the Instagram at read.richards. Read as in the book, Richards as in Mr. Fantastic. Um, shit, I don't really have much else to plug right now. Yeah, check out the whip around. Um, give this show, please, some stars, rate, review, subscribe us. I'll have some shit coming up soon. I don't even know. I'm tired. Come on, man. Okay, yeah, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Yeah, let's get going. Okay. All right, cool. See you next week for Fonzer Cool. Later, brah. Slides a shoe puff. Slides a shoe puff. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. Radio.com.